Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me. It's Jeff Gerstmann from GiantBomb.com. We're here, uh, whether you're listening or watching, uh, hello. Uh, we're here to review another game. Or I guess this is an expansion, yeah, Brad Shoemaker. That's right. To a year-old game. Yes. Uh, this is Destiny 2 Forsaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the kind of the the year later big add on they they put out DLC between here and there the fixer <laughs> sure yeah the let's this is the where we can make the big changes we've had a year to think about what we did and, and we're a chance to make good no, uh, <laughs> well no but that's uh, that's that's harsh because yeah. you know like I we should let's talk about Destiny two a little bit and yeah. just kind of get your uh, your remembrance of base Destiny 2 and some of the DLC that came out because I remember enjoying it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I don't want to sound too negative yeah. because, yeah, uh, like Destiny 2 was a game that was very enjoyable yes. as you were going through it. And then and it, only toward the end, in fact, really into the post-game is when it became clear that like, oh, this doesn't maybe have the staying power that you would like in a game like this. It was a game that I feel like I got my money's worth out of yeah, it in sure. terms of like, I played through the content and stopped. Yeah. This, it was not an ongoing yes. game. I it, it did. There was very little draw to come back to it. Right. Um... At that point, yes, and then they they did the the kind of two DLC drops. Mm -hmm. um, so the first DLC, Curse of, Curse of, Curse of Osiris, was. I mean, apologies to Bl to Bungie. No, that's bland enough to make me stop playing Destiny Two. Yeah, no, that's like, that's uh, a very interesting concept, like an interesting like sort of hard sci-fi concept, really, like really bungled. Hey, these these. Uh, viral robots have turned the planet Mercury into a giant computer and are simulating the universe. Yeah. And, like and that's a really cool premise. The and then concept of something called the infinite forest. Yeah. Like when you first started hearing the descriptions of it, it was like, Oh, is this going to be like the Diablo like rift stuff of like, right. Oh, you're always going to be able to put these prefab pieces together and always go on an adventure that is slightly different within the same tile set. And it wasn't even that Ooh. it was just like, here's a bunch of like adventure, like story missions that go into this area that just look the same. Over like and it, was, over again. it seemed like it an really... excuse to make you run through the same hall hallway yeah 800 times yeah it was a long hallway uh, also so i fell off of that and then uh did not play Warmind, the second expansion okay i played uh, Warmind. it was better than I, I think it was better than the curse of so Osiris. so i actually uh, crammed as much of Warmind as i could the weekend before forsaken came uh, out and okay. very pleasantly surprised much much better uh and actually introduced some of the ideas that they then expanded on in, in forsaken yeah i think I, personally i didn't necessarily love the the post can the post story Warmind stuff mm -hmm. of escalations and things yeah, like I that. Yeah, I didn't mess with that like stuff. Like conceptually so much. as a thing of like, hey, here's a repeatable thing that you can use to kind of get gear and, 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 you know, team up and do things. Yeah. Like that makes sense. They needed something like that, mm -hmm. but I just don't feel like that was very much fun. I, you know, honestly, my biggest disappointment about Warmind is that I think the Warmind concept yes. deserved more than a $20, like small DLC yeah. drop. Uh, one of the most interesting lore pieces, yep. I think, in the entire Destiny universe was yeah. Rasputin and the Warminds and stuff. And, and they, it, they do the, a little bit with it, but they could have, they could have gone way deeper not enough that stuff i hope they bring it back yeah uh so that brings us to forsaken uh, -huh. uh so tell me about it what's the what is the story so this, here? Is, this is the big 40 dollar yeah kind of year two kickoff mm -hmm. uh, expansion um, similar to how taken king yes. was last so time it's, around. It's, it is so similar to taken king in so many ways i mean it's the same price the same timing mm -hmm. the same improvement to the base game <laughs> uh it even so it i really picks up from events that took place in the taken king uh, which you maybe not may not remember it was not the most prominent aspect of that expansion. Yeah, no. But uh, when Oryx, the, the Taken King, oh, okay, uh, yeah. invades the solar system with a big fleet of horrible Gothic ships, uh, the Awoken, the purple, the, the reef space, people. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's a big clash yeah. and the big space battle, and the Awoken are all but annihilated uh, in this cutscene. And the game never really addresses or never follows up on exactly what the state of that of that 
faction is after that. So, right. So you don't know where the queen ended up and her asshole brother, Aldrin, the prince. Uh, I guess I, you know, I had completely forgotten about yeah, that it's, stuff. It's, it's and, very and, brief. Like yeah. it's just a 30 second segment of a cutscene, Right. Uh, in the Taken King. So, so you kind of, I mean, so much other stuff is going on in Destiny. You don't really think about, Hey, what happened to the Awoken? What's up with them? Or like the lore is just kind of so piecemeal yes. and, and yes. spread, I'd spread so thin, uh, in some ways that it's hard to care in a lot yeah, of cases. Kinda. I mean, you thought, yeah, at the time yeah. you thought like, yeah, maybe they'll get back to that. Or maybe they have just written those characters out of sure. the fiction. Who yeah. knows? Um, but uh, but no, this this uh, picks up directly from that. Uh, Prince Aldrin is back. Mm-hmm. He's even more of a dick. Right. Um, he's got this rogues gallery of this new faction called the Scorn behind him. Yeah. He's kind of mutated, mechanical. It's like a mutated version of fallen. the fallen. Yeah. 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 But they don't. It, I, this doesn't. That's not to say because like when you think about the Taken in the Taken King, it was a lot of like. Hey, these look a lot like the enemies yeah. you've been fighting for yeah. I mean, they, like maybe hundreds of hours yes, already. Yes. They had very different attacks, yeah. but they were based on those character models. Exactly. These, these yeah. are a little more differentiated from uh from the fallen. Yeah. Okay. Um in, in some pretty gameplay relevant ways. But uh anyway, it uh it kicks off with this big prison break. Ultron shows up to the prison of elders, if you remember that lousy expansion from Oh right. Destiny One. Uh he goes in there and triggers a, just a massive prison break. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody's favorite wisecracking robot, Cade Six, shows up with you to try to shut this thing down, and in the process, dies. Yeah. The so basically, like the story opens with the death of. I mean, he was like a class trainer. What in qualifies one, as right? a major character? Yeah, yeah. What qualifies as a major character yeah. of the three major characters they have in yeah. that game? A full third of them mm-hmm. are now gone. Yeah. Um. So this kind of kicks off. Uh. Basically. There's there's Aldrin and his sort of band of eight mm-hmm. uh, who are the big bads of this thing, but it actually disperses like tons of awful enemies across the solar system. Yeah. Uh, which they tie into in some gameplay ways. You know, you're fighting kind of mini bosses all over the place. But mm-hmm. uh, the big focus of the campaign is just kind of a revenge story. It's right. basically you going out and saying like, like they took one of ours, so I'm going to go take everything from them. You know, like yeah. you hunt down uh, all eight of those scorn bosses who are very distinct. Uh, they, yeah, they got like, really different personalities and, and like the, different gameplay in each one of these fights. Yeah, like, and, and and structurally, it seems like very different from like the Destiny Two base campaign. Mm-hmm. It, it really it it seems like that they're maybe like using more pieces of uh, of what Destiny Two brings to bear yes. to kind of tell their story. Yeah, it's interesting. So they they give you the Tangled Shore, which is kind of the first big new zone in this, which mm-hmm. is like I guess in the asteroid belt. It's just a bunch of floating rocks lashed yeah. together in a pretty ramshackle way, but uh, yeah, they spread those boss fights around as sort of adventure missions, which you can just kind of find in the open world and mm-hmm. trigger whenever you want, uh, which is cool because you can kind of go through it at your own pace. But at the same time, like the story gets to a point where it's like, hey, go kill all these. Well, yeah, guys. yeah. Right. yeah. At, a, at a point after like two missions, three missions yeah. of, of linear story progression, it, it just says, here's all the boss fights, go fight them. Yeah. And then you just kind of do it. And, and along the way, you're doing little side activities. It feels very organic and like the flow of it is a lot more free form right, than Destiny right. has been in the past, which yeah. is refreshing. Uh, and I found several of those boss fights to be some of the more creative kind of encounter design that you've I've got seen. One on a vehicle. Yeah. One got... is one is on, on like pikes, the, yeah. the, the, the bikes with laser guns um one of them like i don't want to give away too much if people haven't played it because the the surprise of some of this stuff is is uh, a lot of the joy of playing it but uh yeah it it seems like it's a a decent variety of things to do in Mm -hmm. in those boss fights it's not necessarily always just like run up on this thing and shoot it yeah like they're the 
it feels like they give them maybe some more character yes. than pretty much most other bosses. Yeah. Mid, especially mid bosses. I mean, like, you, you know, face. traditional Destiny boss design is just like a bigger version of a regular enemy you've been fighting that has a ton of health and just you sponge bullets into it. Sure. Yeah. For, for 10 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. these, these are a lot more interesting than that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that helps. But, uh, so you go through that base story, mostly in the Tangled Shore. Um, you get a satisfying conclusion to that campaign story. Yeah. But then the thing that this expansion does well that Destiny 2 did not do well is provide continuity from that storyline through to the post-game stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where, like, Destiny 2, you bought, or you fought the, the big boss at the end. He died. That was kind of it. Right. And then, like, the raid showed up, and it was completely, almost completely divorced from anything you It was doing. more like, a, oh, who's this? Yeah, and they didn't do... Like, they, they had barely sprinkled some breadcrumbs explaining what that was about, but right. not in a way that most people really grasped, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but this has a satisfying ending to that story, but at the same time raises a bunch of new questions. Okay. Basically at the end without yeah. getting into kind of exactly what happens. It basically, it makes you, makes you feel satisfied that you finished the campaign missions, but then also want to see, well, what did that mean? And what did that mean in the course of wrapping right. this up? Like giving you a little bit yeah. more to do. Um, and so that leads directly into one of the stronger aspects of this thing, which is that there's actually a whole second zone that opens up after you finish that story. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, it's called the dreaming city. It's sort of an awoken, like it's this really fantasy themed, like, kind of builds the Awoken up as just like space elves, right. more or less. It's very mystical. It's kind of, it's like, it's fantasy in a way that Destiny hasn't really done before. Yeah. Because yeah. Destiny has been obviously very sci-fi focused. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is kind of big regal looking towers and like sweeping vistas. And, and they, they try to make a big deal about you, this guardian, even being allowed to get into that world in the first place yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it's been overrun by Taken and, you know, there's... Yeah. But uh, there's a lot to do there. There's a lot of... They added a lot of sort of mystery back to the game. There's just a lot of weird stuff that mm. you find in that zone and you're like, what is... What? Like, where did this come from? Like... Right. Trying to think of examples. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in there. Like you, you, you'll get items and not know what to do with them. And then like later, like I, like you'll pick up something that's like basically a saucer in your inventory. It's a little like saucer of secrets or something like that. Yeah. And then you'll find a cat hidden somewhere and you give the cat the saucer and get some gear. You know, it's yeah, strange stuff like that. Okay. Um, like the armor that drops in the dreaming city comes with a curse. So mm. there's a whole storyline that runs through the dreaming city in the post game. Yeah. Uh, strikes raid even stuff after the raid, like there's this ongoing story that's actually still not complete. Mm -hmm. um, that revolves around the curse that's been placed on this, this ancient city. And even the gear that drops there comes with a curse on it that makes you do more damage in that zone, but also take more damage. Right. And then you'll get quests to purge that curse from your gear so that you're doing more damage, but not taking more. Like, you know, they, they weave, right. they yeah. weave story elements into just about everything you do there. Yeah. Uh, which is, is kind of a change mm -hmm. uh, in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, that that seems cool. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, it sounds like the story, you know, the the revenge tale maybe is something that is a little hard to you. You kind of have to care about those characters in yeah. a way that that it doesn't always seem like maybe they've done a great job of making those characters deserving of your attention. I mean, that aspect of the of the whole thing falls flat for me because first of all, it's not super clear what the death of Cade really does in the overall fiction or the direction that they're going. I mean, right. like. He, so you, you wrap up the story and then like all the quest givers have like a couple of lines of dialogue about the fact that he's gone. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And then you know? the, the music in the tower, and, and the yes, social the, space. Yes, there's like mel melancholy music in the tower every time you go back. Now. Like, like even that's kind of it. Yeah. Like even, even though I finished the campaign when I loaded up, like the music in the tower yeah. is still really somber and sad. And yeah. you're like, what? I'm like, 
it's like it's actively telling you like hey just don't play yeah <laughs> that's the message i get from going to the tower in the game is like oh it's so sad there, there's a couple of, of post-game quests that open up that sort of affected by his death but it just doesn't mm -hmm. do a lot with it in an ongoing fashion and then also they they sort of toy with the idea of moral ambiguity in your revenge quest right like there's kind of some dialogue here and there from your ghost like saying like should we really do this is this actually the right thing to do and then they just kind of don't follow through on that either yeah they, it seems like they maybe leave it open a little bit even at the end yeah about you know did you or didn't you yeah sort of stuff um but but not with any kind of satisfying right it, it, like it, uh, neither answer is especially interesting right. it, uh, there's, there's I guess. kind of no clear moral to the tale right uh, um but but all the all the fantasy stuff all the dreaming city stuff uh, has been really fascinating mm -hmm. and and uh so you know, before we get into just like the overall just kind of activities and, and progression stuff, like you talk about story weaving its way through everything. You mm -hmm. say that even goes into the raid. Yes. Okay. So, so again, I would kind of have to just describe what happens at the end of the story campaign for right, that to really right. make sense. But, yeah. but, but there are events that take place in the course of finishing the story that the story seems like it is built to set up the race yes, in terms yes. of just like, Hey, here's a thing. And, and yes, you, you see yes. it and go, Oh, okay. And it, it introduces like significant new story elements just as you think you are putting everything to bed. Right. All of a sudden there's like three new things going on mm -hmm. and you're like, where the hell did that come from? And, yeah. and that feeds directly into the raid. So finishing the raid, is that stuff, now that you finish the raid, mm -hmm. do you feel like it has tied up those loose ends or is it no. left so many of them that now you're like, because, you know, obviously they still have another year of downloadable content yes. to release. Yeah, no, uh, it, it absolutely doesn't. And then some of that is is kind of in an unsatisfying way because okay. a lot of that stuff starts feeling sort of mystical for its own sake, if that makes sense. Right. It's just like, like hey, what's this stuff? Doesn't like, have an answer. We'll right. think of that later. Yes. It's uh, like, oh, well, this oh, this character is a shapeshifter, so they could be anybody now. And like, yeah. you know, and, and like you end up in alternate dimensions without explanation. And like, obviously, like Destiny sure. is a weird thing. So yeah, it's yeah. fine for it to go off in all kinds of surreal directions. But like, I feel like so much of its fiction had felt grounded in the past. Mm. And this is just straight up magic. Like, it just feels like everything is magical now. Um, yeah. So they don't really answer a ton of questions in the course of the raid. But the the maybe the most clever thing they've done with this is that, you know, the game, like most loot games, runs on a loop, right? Right. Uh, in this case, it's weekly. You know, all the activities reset every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, so they have actually even post-raid. Uh, it was pretty fascinating. Like the, the first team in the world finished the raid, and that actually unlocked a bunch of new content for everybody. So like, so like they completed the story in a, yeah. And, yeah. And, and everybody who played the game, every time somebody, whenever you booted the game for the first time after the first raid completion, there's a new cutscene. Yeah. Literally saying, here's what happened in the raid. Everything's different now. That's when the curse fell on the Dreaming City. Mm -hmm. uh, they rolled a new strike out, some new maps for multiplayer. Um, the curse of more multiplayer yeah. maps. <laughs> yes. You will definitely spend some time in Crucible in this game if you want gear. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, that also triggered, that triggered the curse on the Dreaming City. And week to week, it has actually altered the appearance of the city, kind mm -hmm. of what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, the nature of a lot of the events that you're doing. It feels, the game feels more alive than it ever has. Neat. Because things are changing every right, week. Right, you know, every yeah. week, not only do you have new stuff to do, but the sort of narrative context of what you're doing evolves and feels relevant all the time, mm. uh, which is really cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where this is going exactly, but they have wrapped back around on that cycle. It turns out to be a three-week cycle. Okay. We've just passed that point. Yeah. And now that the curse has reset and all the missions have reset, the characters in the city who are giving you the missions and interacting with you are aware of the fact that it's happening. 
Oh, they, th th this has happened before? And they are very confused by it. Huh. Like, it is literally Groundhog Day. Yeah. Like, they, you know, everybody is just like, I, I don't understand. I have a, I had a vision of you doing this mission or, you know, like. Right. I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew what you were going to do before you did it. Or, you know, some character will be like, I, I tried to go left, but I went right because that's what I did before. You know, like, people are, like, struggling. Against, it's, it's a bizarre concept. Yeah. That I think is really cool. It's neat that they're, like, that they, you know, obviously, like, hey, you've got technical limitations and, yeah. and limitations in scope of, but, like, hey, yeah. we've got a three-week loop on yes. this thing. Like, we only have so much manpower to make new quests. Yeah. You're going to have to start recycling them eventually. So but, it's, it's at least neat that they've tried to justify that stuff narratively. Yeah. Because most games don't. And, like, uh, uh, just... 10 second synopsis if for the lore heads out there that have really dug into what seems to be going on. Yeah. They, they seem to think that there is a hive God behind all of this. Okay. Because apparently the hive religion is to feed on conflict and violence and hatred. Oh, and so okay. the more fighting that takes place in the city, the mm -hmm. more that hive God feeds and grows stronger. Sure. So people that this is purely fan speculation, but the speculation is that after so many loops of the cycle or something like this hive god is going to emerge after so many loops of the cycle the first dlc will come out there you go. And, yeah uh yeah uh, who knows well but still but, i mean that that's it's good that the the lore and the story and all this gameplay stuff seems to be working in concert yes. to inspire yes. people to wonder about what's about the, the, to, what's going to yes, happen the important thing is that people are asking questions yeah. again because it'd be, it'd be very easy to get to the end of this thing uh i you know, my feelings is that, you know, destiny has maybe been this in the past in terms of just like you get to the end and you're like, yeah, maybe there's some loose ends, but I don't yeah. care anymore. That was destiny too. Yeah. Like you, you maybe did the raid once or twice, but after yeah. that it was just like, okay, there's nothing left to do here. These characters say the same things every yeah. time I walk up to them, like the gear has run dry. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing interesting about this on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And then you just a, stop playing. That's a subtle, smart change. Yeah. yeah it's uh -huh. cool. So let's talk about progression and stuff like that. They reshaped the way weapons work. Yes. Or the way the weapon slots are work. I don't know. I don't know that we necessarily need to get into yeah. the nitty gritty of Try it. Try not to get into the weeds too uh, much on that stuff. You know, if people are playing it, they they already they already know yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah, it is, you know, most people who want to play more Destiny are already doing so. So this is I mean, I guess that's kind of the the recommendation is just like, hey, this is more Destiny and it's good Destiny, well, right? Well, there has to be a segment of people out there who have dabbled with it and kind of walked away feeling cold toward it or yeah, yeah. feeling unsatisfied. So I guess this is valuable, at least in saying like, hey, if this burned you out before, it is much better now. Right. Um, Assuming but, uh, you have played through all of the previous content yes. and own all the previous, because you, you even have to own yeah. the previous DLC before yes. it'll let you play Forsaken. Yes. Uh, which is... Uh, an interesting decision. Yeah, I mean, it helps them sell some extra DLC. I mean, they do use those old environments in some right. new ways yeah. occasionally. Um, um, but like, uh, you know, in terms of progression and stuff like that, you know, there are new, you can get up to level 50 now, Yeah, level right? 50, the light goes up to 600 now. Mm -hmm. So you've got like a 200 light range, more or less, yeah. from the last DLC to cover. Um, the single biggest change they have made in, the, in a positive direction was to make the weapon system more like Destiny 1, <laughs> huh. which is that they restored the random perks on gear. Yeah. So every time a piece of weapon, uh, a piece of armor or, or a weapon drops, it will have a random set of perks on it. Yeah. Which makes you care about every single one of those things you get because... You look and go, oh, does this have Outlaw on it right, or, or right. whatever? Like, it, like yeah. in, in Base Destiny 2, if you got a second scout rifle like the first one, it was identical, so you just trashed it because who cares? Right, you just look at it like, which is this, is the number higher on this one? Right, but, but now you you may find like a gun archetype you like, but it may not have great perks on it, but then you get a, another one that like, oh, this does more damage every time I kill an enemy with it or it speeds up my reload mm -hmm. or, you know, like valuable perks that you care about. Right. 
Uh, same with armor. So, I mean, you actually care every single time a piece of gear drops now, which is, yeah. is certainly a step in the right direction. And then, you know, like weapon mods have changed. So it seems like you're just in a little bit more control of yeah. your loadout uh, in some ways, but also maybe dependent on like random chance for yes. some others. That is kind of a positive and a negative. Right. Um, so they've made it ha harder to infuse gear, which is basically uh, feed guns to other gun guns to another gun to make the old gun more powerful. Right. Um, which is a problem. I, you know, it was kind of a problem for the last year of destiny two in terms of like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, the, the idea of like, Hey, you fin maybe you finished the destiny two base story with gear from the raid you really like. And then you went on to play the DLC and you found stuff with higher numbers, but not as good as the stuff from the raid. Yeah. So you just fed the higher number into your raid gear and you looked the same and played the same for that entire year. Yes. So yeah, on its face, when you say, Hey, they've made this thing harder to do. It sounds like a negative. Right. But yeah, looking back, you realize that infusing gear was actually just a band-aid on like a, a boring gear system, basically. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you use the same stuff constantly and it became very dull. Um, so now, especially early on, you don't have as much of the currency that you need uh, to infuse as you would like. Yeah. So it I'm sure there are some players that have been farming that stuff for uh, they have, most of it. Some of it's new stuff. So they're right, actually but. working on masterwork cores are the current currency you need. And they're actually working on improvements to ways to gain those because okay, it's actually just very expensive yeah, that, and hard, that is a, hard to come by right now. Yeah. Uh, but that does end up being a positive because you end up using more weapon types, like your look changes more frequently, like mm -hmm. your sets of perks, like it just leads to far more variety uh, in the game. Yeah. Uh, and the gear drops so often and there are so many opportunities to get it that it kind of doesn't matter if you don't like what you have that much because sure. you will get something new in 30 minutes. Um, Definitely cases where you're like, well, I'm never going to use this sniper rifle in my secondary slot, but the number's higher, so yeah. it makes me powerful, more powerful yes. overall, yeah. and it'll be replaced by something else. Yeah, and it's like, you know, enough. I hate fusion rifles, but it's like, well, that's the best thing I've got in that slot right now, so maybe I'll try it. Maybe yeah. it'll change my mind. Maybe this one has the perks that it needs to, mm -hmm. to, to change my mind. I mean, it did lead to a situation once where my best weapon in both slots was a sniper rifle that sounds and like that's a kind of a, rot, a rotten yeah. time but uh again that's very temporary sure uh and, and an interesting kind of change of pace i guess yes. also um activities and stuff it seems like you know they they added a new there's a new vendor in this new social in uh, in the new public zone uh in the tethered the tattered tangled shores, tangled shores. Yes. uh and it seems like that they have set him up as the currency exchange mm -hmm. man also in yes. terms of like, hey, if you want one of these masterwork cores that's hard to get, check back every day because yeah. the price changes. He, he sells one cheap one every day. So if you like for yeah. a while there, I was just going every day and buying the one cheap masterwork core. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. And there's a new bounty system. Yes. That, you know, it seems like they've added money sinks to the game all yeah. over the place yes. in terms of like, hey, but but it's like spend a little bit of money to make that money back. Glimmer, the, yes. the in-game currency. I am capped on Glimmer almost constantly at this right. point, so it's not really a problem, but yeah, you yeah. do spend it on just about everything. And then you can then take that and dump it into whatever is the, the Glimmer-focused currency of the day yes. of, of uh, you know, things that you would have to go scour and collect on a planet or yes. something like that. Uh, but and then he's also got a, a set of bounties that... Again, like it seems like there are bounties all over the game again, yes. which, you know, in Destiny 1, you had the robot that would give you all those bounties. This seems like it's spread across every single person that'll talk to you in the yes. tower and on one per planet and all this stuff. But there are bounties all over the place. Yeah. Now. So bounties had a pretty negative reputation in the first game because if you remember, and like I've just remembered this the other day, that you had to level up your weapons and armor in that game. Do you remember that? Like you would get a new weapon... In yeah. Destiny 1, and none of the perks were enabled on oh, it. Oh, right. Until you filled in each bubble yeah, with experience. Yeah, right. So that's yes. why you 
you had to pick up those bounties all the time and make sure you were doing them or your gear was useless. Right. So that that's long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bounties are much more of a positive progression as opposed to a negative. Like, I guess the way I thought of it before is that the bounties filled in gaps that were empty. Yeah. And now they, they elevate you from where you are. Like you're already at a functional level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bounties are just a way to get more gear from the, the whatever respective vendor you picked yeah. them up from. So, and in some cases, some of these uh, pl- planetary collectibles and, and some yeah. of the stuff too. All, all that is more or less to say that the bounties are kind of optional. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have like basically early on, you feel like oh god, I have to be picking up bounties every time I go out and do anything, right, or right. I'm wasting my time. But you learn pretty quickly that those are just kind of an extra bonus. Okay. Uh, because you're already getting rewarded by just about everything you do in this game now, mm-hmm. which is a huge change. And and they're they're pretty good about illustrating kind of hey here's a thing you can do to get pow- yes quote unquote powerful gear they've yes yeah, so the powerful gear is yeah those are that's gear that is relevantly higher to higher level than your you level. up in yes, some meaningful yes, way meaningful to you in some way so they've they've dug those kind of quests out of basically a buried subscreen and put them right on the map yeah just like you know all the planets you can fly to there'll just be little flashing icons all over everything if that has a quest that's going to get you more powerful gear. Right. So very easy to see at a glance, like what you need to do for that day. If you want more stuff, Mm. Uh, it feels like the, a lot of the UI, uh, stuff overall is just a a little better about showcasing some of that stuff. They have moved a lot of that. Yeah. That a lot of that relevant information is, is moved to the forefront now. Mm -hmm. Um, there are still some things that need to be improved, like bounties, for instance, like they're on timers. Yeah. Uh, bounties expire either every 24 hours or every week, mm-hmm. depending on what type of bounty it is. And like right now you can just go into your menu and mouse over everything to see what the timers are. And that's pretty tedious and hard to take in at a glance. Right. So they need better interfaces for stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but, but on the whole, it is a, a massive improvement. Okay. Um, they've got a new multiplayer mode here. Yes. Gambit. What yeah. do you think? So it, I, I overall really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing about a new multiplayer mode ahead of time, you just think like, of course it has new multiplayer modes. Like that's right. Every multiplayer game gets new modes yeah. when it gets a sequel or an expansion. Uh, but this is not a bolt on the crucible. It is a totally distinctive mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really like partially because they present it on the map screen as three separate activities, but also just because it is very distinctive. Right. It feels like a complement to running strikes and doing crucible. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a four V four mode, but it's kind of, it's PVP VE. If you want to put it that way. Yeah. It, it because, seems like it's mostly co-op with yes, some, like you're not on the same map all the time. Yeah. There's occasional yes. player interaction. Yes. So the basic structure is that each team is killing NPC enemies, just straight up mobs. Yeah. Um, to collect items that they drop that you bank in a central bank. And then when one team banks 75 of those items, it spawns a massive boss. Uh, so you're basically racing to kill enemies fast enough to get the boss. You want to kill your boss first. Whoever kills the boss first wins. Mm -hmm. Uh, where the kind of competitive aspect comes in is that not only are you racing, but you have limited opportunities to invade the other side. Mm -hmm. Everyone, every so often this portal will open up on your side and one player from your team can, run over to the other side. But only one. Yes, only one at a time. Uh, well, I mean, that makes sense when you realize how much utter havoc you can wreak on the other team right. if you do it right. Yeah. Um, if you invade before they've summoned their boss, any player you kill just loses all of the items that they had picked up. You can hold up to 15 at a time. Mm. So theoretically, you could invade when each all four players have 15. They're called moats. Yeah. Uh, so they could have enough moats. They could to... have almost enough moats to trigger their boss round. Yeah. And if you go over there with the right super at the right time and kill all four of them, you have set them back to zero. Yeah. Like, do they have just wasted 10 minutes? Right. And then have a, it's essentially no chance of catching up at that point. Mm-hmm. So that can feel fantastic when you pull that off. Although yeah. you also feel like kind of an ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, even better. 
but it feels absolutely terrible when it happens to you. Yes. Like just the, the momentum swings in this mode. Like I, this thing feels a lot like a MOBA to me having played a lot of Dota. Right. Not just structurally, which, which you know, like MOBAs are about killing mobs to yeah. power up and be better than the other team, but also emotionally like the swings in this thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, largely it seems like your interaction with the other team unless you're going over invading or when they start invading you is you see their meter of how many yes. they've banked yeah. and then that meter drains as they're attacking their boss. Right. So you know at all times how close they are to yeah. winning the round. Yeah. And so you, so, so you see that momentum and you, and you have ways to uh, to refill the health of their yes. of their side's boss if you're doing yes. the right so, things. So, and So yeah, if you invade after they've summoned their boss, every kill you get adds health back onto their boss's yeah. health. Uh, so there, it seems like there are just multiple ways to screw over the other team yes. in ways that are devious and and seem like fun. Or again, get screwed over. Right. Um, you know, it's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Yeah. Those are the it's rules. Perfectly legal. It still feels just like it's the most demoralizing thing when that stuff happens to you to the point that you practically just want to throw the controller down and give up. I recommend only playing as much as you need to play to get powerful gear because then it's like you need to play three games of this anyway. It doesn't matter yeah, if you win or lose. Sure. I mean, well, that, you know, that's uh, like the obviously every game does this now. Like it's, yeah. it's the Overwatch thing, but you're not penalized for being bad at the game. Right. Like you get the meaningful rewards just by playing. Mm-hmm. It's only. You know, there are a few bonuses you get by winning. Right. You rank up by winning faster. I mean, you still rank up by losing, but you rank up much faster. And there's a whole, win. like, yeah, there's, there's a whole rank in that overall. Like, even in the competitive multiplayer, you're now, well, like, if they, they've done this for a while, but, like, you're building a rank there yes. that then you can cash in yes. for specific items. Yes. So there are some unique items you can get by yeah. winning a lot, but, like, you're not really losing out by losing. Right. But it still feels bad. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I really like Gambit overall. It seems like a, a good thing. I mean, I, I know like I don't much care for the the Crucible, the the competitive multiplayer. I just don't think they're the player on player stuff is all that much fun. Uh, so having it in a limited fashion here, but primarily being you fighting enemy AI, mm-hmm. I think is a is a really smartly designed yes. mode that it it you know. Yeah, I think it's, it seems like it plays to the strengths of Destiny 2 a little bit better, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got so many tools in your box, you know, mm-hmm. like grenades and supers. And yeah, there are so many sub sub abilities of abilities that you can tweak and, and you can kind of customize your play style to kill more enemies faster. And this right. is a mode that rewards that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing overall. And but, then, you know, aside from that, it's, it seems like it's some more multiplayer maps, some new strikes. Yeah. So you they, know, the, they've expanded Crucible to 6v6 again. Okay. Uh, which I, I guess I'm fine with. I don't know that I really care one way or the other. Like I, I'm kind of like you. I really tend to only play as much Crucible as I have to to get the gear. Right. But I don't hate it. Like you can get into a rhythm with it. But. Uh, I, th- <coughs> so the, the thing I started doing is only playing Rumble, which is their mm. free-for-all mode. Okay. Uh, because then I feel like I'm not letting a team down when I go in yeah. and, and, you know, just I'm there to get the gear. I mean, they give you uh, so many options now. Right. Like there's, there's quick play hoppers. There's a competitive playlist that is 4v4 and is very hardcore if you mm. really want to be very good and, and, right. and bring a, a tight team in there. But uh, there, there are so many different ways to play it now that... And the the free for all mode, I've actually gotten to be kind of okay at, yeah. or at least yeah. you know it's a six player thing, and I'm usually like I've, finishing like second or third. Yeah, I've I've come to like Crucible more in the course of being forced to play it. Yeah. If that makes sense, or yeah, you know, I've yeah. kind of I guess I'd say I've gotten used to its idiosyncrasies enough that I feel like I'm pretty good at it. I'm now. still surprised that they don't have an alternate. Uh, like equipment slots for hey when I'm playing in the crucible swap yeah. to this stuff some some because... some some just yeah general like item set yeah. feature like World of Warcraft style would be very much appreciated right but, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there are four new strikes on PS4, three on the other two platforms, but the, the strikes are easily the best that I've seen in Destiny 2 so far. Cool. Uh, really interesting scenarios, like cool story stuff, some, mm. some neat little Easter eggs here and there. Yeah. Uh, even the exclusive one on PS4 is very good, which is <laughs> very out of character. <laughs> yeah. Because all, like all the exclusive strikes so far, for the most part, have felt very tacked on and kind of... Like you're not missing much. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, this one is right up there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of good content. And you've been playing uh, primarily on PS4, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got to dabble with the PC a little bit here and there. Yeah. But, uh, I went back and forth. I finished it on PS4 and then was like, ah, but the PC version looks so much better, runs so much better. Maybe in our glorious cross-play future, we'll get a... Not going to hold my breath on that Some kind one. of at least maybe yeah. character transfer, not maybe not transfer, yeah. but some kind of character progress I'm, I'm gonna sharing. S- I'm going to say let's wait for Destiny 3 yeah. on that one at yeah. this point. It yeah. seems like that ship has has maybe sailed. Probably. Um, so, you know, it, it seems like it, it, there's definitely some some ups and downs uh, to this. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like that they've they've made a lot of smart changes along the way. Yes. And, and fixed some stuff that maybe... This the sort of stuff that like maybe hurt base Destiny two in terms of replayability or or, or like extended playtimes and stuff. Yes. They found ways to make it more rewarding for people who want to play beyond the story. Yeah, right? I mean, and I've that's, I've effectively done all the significant content there is to do in this expansion, and I still kind of want to keep playing it mm. just because I could raise my number another twenty five points, which is a horrible thing to say. But here I am. But it's a loot game. Yeah. And that's that's that horrible thing to say is that's, that, that is the is, genre. That is the genre, yeah. right? And I that's mean, yes, that is absolutely for better and worse. Right. Uh you know, they they have sort of redesigned like for for one thing, they moved the time of the resets around. Like the the weekly reset used to happen at I think like two AM Pacific. Okay. It was just kind of hard to keep track of what was what when. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, it's different in different time zones, but now it is ten AM. Oh, okay. uh, there's a daily reset at 10 a.m. and also a weekly on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. So it's very easy to see like, all right, here's what I have to do before the reset. Wait an hour, see everything reset. It's like, all right, now, now here's all this stuff that's been refreshed. Yeah. Like the downside of that is and the downside of having so much to do is that you kind of feel like you have to be doing it all the time or you're missing major opportunities to make your character better. Right. Uh, which has led to a situation every Monday night for me since this thing came out of saying I've got four to six Major activities I didn't do this week. I really should do those if I want to get that gear. Yeah. Because I'm just going to miss the chance if I don't. Brad, there will always be more gear. Yeah, I know. And at some point, they'll release more DLC with more ways to get gear. So, I mean, you know, that really drills down to the truly insidious nature of these games, which is that it's probably firing some neurotransmitters. Yeah. Every time you get a good item. numbers get higher. Yeah. I just want the dopamine. I don't want the gear. I I want the fuzzy feeling. Yeah. When the gear is good. Although again, and then you're ru- you're running out of runway on this. Yes. What, you say 575? I'm getting there. Yeah. If 600's the top, then yeah. man, I don't know what you're going to do for those then, next, uh, next few hits. And then the, you know, the obviously the downside of all the randomness is that occasionally you feel like your time is just being tremendously disrespected. There's been a running running gag uh, that I've certainly witnessed myself about a particular weapon yes. that just seems to drop over and it's, over oh, It's again. not a gag. It's an acknowledged bug, which they oh. still have not fixed. <laughs> over a month after release, there's a grenade launcher called the Edge Transit, which yeah. the grenade launchers are okay. Not my favorite weapon. Hmm. Uh, but that thing is dropping at, at tremendously inflated rates Yeah, in a slot where you would very much like to also get some other weapons. Mm-hmm. So when and you get three Edge Transits in a row... Been there. Yeah. It's a uh, real bummer. 
It but. seems like, uh, well, I mean, the solution to that is that in, in Destiny 3 or in some sort of DLC, they will then just make Edge Transit a, an exotic and give yes, it some that, hilarious... Yes. They will certainly turn this into a joke at some yeah. point if it's not already. But, uh, uh, but, you know, but, like, but speaking of exotics, it seems like that maybe the, like, I, the other thing I've kind of heard, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, or I guess you can only really speak to your experience, but like exotics being the the hardest to find items yeah. in the game and the uniquely designed uh, uniquely design usually they've got some really cool art treatment and they've got perks that no other weapon or, or armor has uh, i've received exactly zero of those in my time with the game like period um yeah so i've gotten a surprising number of exotic drops from enemies you know you'll just see that yellow ingram fly out when you kill something yeah not me um, man but well it, it's all happened pretty much in higher level stuff like yeah. i got a cut I, I think i got two out of the raid okay um, and some stripes and stuff like that, but uh, they have all been year one base destiny exotics. Oh, so, so old so, stuff. So not, that is yeah. another acknowledged bug: is oh. that drop rates on on new forsaken level exotics are pretty messed up right now. Hmm. Uh, so they're fixing both of those things. Yeah, they're re- it's still frustrating. They're reworking uh, the masterwork core economy. They're they they have acknowledged all these mechanical problems with the game, and they are yeah. fixing them. But it's taking maybe longer than you would like. Yeah, and and people, you know, the, the people who are still like in and on Destiny have already finished all of this content. Yes. And yes. by the time and, yeah. and have seen squat from it because yes. of these bugs. By the like time that's... I think I think they've said I think end of October is maybe when all this stuff's getting fixed. Wow. And by then I think even I will have more or less gotten yeah. my fill. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's a live game. Right. Um, so let's wrap it up here. What do you think, uh, overall, uh, you know, as someone who enjoyed destiny two, uh, you, you fell off and didn't even play that second DLC. Uh, and, and now it seems like you're, you're back in. Talk to me. Yeah. Give me a number. What say this is a four out of five. Yeah. Uh, which is what I gave to the base game as well. Mm-hmm. But this is this is significantly better than that. Like structurally, uh, quality of content, variety of things to do. Yeah. Kind of its staying power, how much it kind of keeps you going after you've kind of seen what there is to see. Like it's better in every right. aspect. Yeah. Uh, than that base game. Um, yeah. That makes sense to me. That's uh, like I said, it. To me, it, it seemed like they're just they're using more parts, like the stuff they have at their disposal. Adventures yes. existed before, yes. you know, bounties existed in some form before. Uh, the weapon system, you know, like like a lot of this stuff existed before, but they felt like disparate kind of separate elements yes. uh, that had nothing really to do with each other. Yes, they so yeah, like the adventures are a good example. That stuff together. Uh, so the adventures were short, kind of simple missions in mm-hmm. the base game, but they had actually some of the most interesting storytelling in them. Yeah, but they would tend to only unlock in an area after you had completed all the actual story there. Yeah. And by then you're moving on to the next planet. Yeah, yeah. And by the time you think about going back, it's like, well, the rewards from that are meaningless. <laughs> well, I think in base Destiny 2, like I did most of the adventures after I had, I had already even finished the raid or right, something. I was right. like, well, I'm going to go back and do That's, some of this stuff. And I was like, well, I'm getting nothing meaningful yeah. from it. But actually, these like some of this stuff is really well done. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice if they had worked some of that in yeah, a little so, smarter. So, yes, they work things like that much more uh, seamlessly into the general right. flow of things now, which is nice. But uh it's even down to, without giving too much away, it's even down to like the mechanics of riding a sparrow, I mean, a, not a sparrow, a pike, the, oh, the, the, the fallen thing, or like the way you pick up ammo. Like they do weird stuff with all of that in the mission design. Yeah. In a way that's really intriguing when you see it. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. There you have it. Destiny 2 Forsaken, a four out of five. Uh, that's going to do it us from us here at uh, from the giantbomb.com review zone. Uh, I'm Jeff, he's Brad. See you next time.